this is it. Here we are. Hello. Um, yeah, here we go. <laughs> All right. Well, if you are listening, thanks for being here. Uh, uh, my name is Matt Baum. Uh, we're, uh, we're starting a podcast, and we're not really sure how it's going to go, but it's, uh, it's something that we've been talking about doing for a couple years, uh, and it's time. I think it's time to do it now more than ever, to be honest with you. Um, so if you're tuning in, thanks for being here. Uh, we're genuinely, uh, flattered, uh, that you were taking the time to listen to us and listen to this podcast. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Lethal, a bow hunting podcast. Um, I am Matt, one of your <laughs> co-hosts, and, uh, I'm going to kick it over to my two other co-hosts and, uh, I'll hand off to Garrett to start. All right. I'm Garrett. Uh, I live in Portland, Oregon. I'm formerly from Ohio, so I grew up hunting whitetail. Now I hunt elk, mule deer, antelope, bear, everything else that I can hunt with a bow. Uh, Blaine? Is, is, Wait, what? Is, is there anything else that you in Oregon that you can hunt besides what you just said? There are things. Blacktail? You can do you can Oh, do yeah, yeah. Right? Blacktail. Yeah. I just don't hunt them very often. Well, they're hard to hunt, right? Yeah. They're just harder to find. Yeah. Well, I know, I've I've heard well, it might have been you that said it that said these blacktails will make a whitetail hunter blush. They're so difficult to hunt. Oh yeah, every time. Hmm. Well, that's me in All a right. nutshell. We'll you'll get more into that later, Blaine. Oh man, I can't wait. yeah. Um, I'm Blaine Swanson, the third co-host. Uh, I'm from Northern Minnesota. Pretty much a diet in the wool whitetail hunter, but. Uh, definitely venturing out into the backpacking wilderness western hunting side of things as well pretty passionate about that um so yeah here we are i don't know that's enough about me i guess you said you're you're like really close to the border did you? yeah yeah i'm about 70 miles from the canadian border so oh wow that's uh yeah that's that's cold yeah (laughs) it's it's that's an understatement it's been in the like 30 below zero like the past five days so that's so gross hard no it is it's a hard no from me and i live here (laughs) (laughs) it got up to like almost 30 here today and so i went outside and did some yard work from our blizzard from last weekend but yeah yeah anyway so yeah drive to uh, my snow i don't have to worry about it being thrust upon me usually (laughs) yeah i don't really live in a place where i can drive to snow and avoid it at other costs uh which i guess i can i can kind of talk about in my intro uh as i already said my name is matt Baum. uh i live in the kansas city area uh i'm on the missouri side not the kansas side um i have grown up a whitetail and turkey hunter um basically more or less about all i've hunted my entire life i've gone on uh, like one or two hunts for other stuff at game ranches which i'm not sure how i feel about anymore but we can talk about that some more in uh in some other stuff but yeah uh i've hunted whitetail um my entire life and i am probably the only turkey nut on this podcast yeah i know it's accurate uh, I, I just hate them garrett Garrett has a detest <laughs> for turkeys, but I as 
as love do hunting I. turkeys in the spring. You both hate turkeys. We both, this, yeah. We both just let's be, be honest. We both just suck at hunting turkeys. So. <laughs> exactly. That's that's <laughs> truly what it boils down to. Yeah, uh, man, I love spring turkey. I live for spring turkey hunting, and hopefully this year I get to hit up a couple states. And I'm um, trying to really trying to get a Merriam. And now I get to kind of restart my search for a slam because doing it with a stick bow. Um, yeah. So, uh, and I'll kick this off after with our after our introduction um, that we just went through. There. There's going to be times where I will I'll apologize in advance where Blaine and I will likely get on a bit of a kick for recurve stuff or uh, traditional archery stuff. Garrett shoots a compound, um, but I think you you also own a stick bow or two, don't you? I've got you one. one or two. Yeah, I've got one. I just one. haven't committed yet. Yeah, no, I I understand. <laughs> I've, I still I still have some compound stuff laying around and. I kick around picking it back up every once in a while, but um, the majority of what we're going to talk about uh, is very applicable to both sides of the aisle. Uh, so if you are a compound guy, just because we talk about something that has to do kind of with a recurve or a longbow doesn't necessarily mean it isn't applicable to compounds and vice versa. Yeah, a lot uh, of what we're going to talk about is tuning how your stuff needs to be in order and that's the best way to get the best performance out of your equipment. So that goes for Agreed. both. Yeah, yeah, 100% agree. Uh, so yeah, there's. Uh, so I apologize in advance if you're a diehard stick bow guy, or if you're a compound guy that has zero interest in ever picking up a stick bow. I, I feel sorry for you, but uh, we will we'll get to everyone's stuff eventually. It's just hard right. to cram it all in one place. You can also uh, learn but, something from everyone. So keep that in absolutely. mind. Exactly. Yeah, well, man, to be frank with you, I think that the uh, the compound world has a lot to learn from the trad archery world. Oh, 100%. Definitely. Traditional archery uh, kind of takes away that handicap of speed. And if you don't have speed... Oh, and distance. You don't, and distance, right. And if you, don't, if you don't have those two things, you have to make do with what you have. And that typically results in a heavier setup which is going to be a staple of what we talk about. So yep. if you aren't on board with that, this podcast is going to be rough for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> going to hurt uh, some feelings. Uh, yeah, yeah. going to hurt some feelings for sure. Uh, and we might be adding another co-host uh, down the road. I won't say who it is just yet, but he uh, he's kicking off an online store right now, uh, and uh, he's building arrows for people. I think he lives in the general vicinity that Blaine does, kind yep. of northern area. Yep. Uh, and he has expressed interest <clears throat> and was frankly one of the founding fathers of this idea of a podcast that that discusses this so yeah uh, he is he's planning on coming on later down the road I don't know if he's going to be like a full-time co-host or just be on when he can but uh, there will probably be a fourth guy at it eventually so all that to say um what the hell is this podcast about um and and what's our goal and we've had a couple conversations about this internally, and I think, frankly, our goal is to disrupt the status quo of the archery industry and to not to, to sift through the BS that is fed from the 
marketing that comes from these major brands. I think we can all uh, agree that we've watched some type of hunting show, uh, whether it be, uh, you know, someone that's fairly well-respected or newer shows that are getting started and they're kind of seeking whatever sponsorship they can get. And there's just crap, to be to be honest with you, just a bunch of crap shoved down our throat that isn't honest and it's not it's not the best way to go about things. And... There's a lot of there's a lot of people that cannot discern the difference between what is right and wrong, which is a big problem. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And uh, we want to be here as an as an educational as an education and discussion outlet for for these kind of things. So uh, I don't uh, if we ever get big enough for uh, the big boys to actually pay attention to us and start calling us out, then I'll consider that a win. Yeah, Uh, doing something right. Right, I don't know if we'll ever get there, but eh, we I bet we do. I'm not eventually. I'm, I'm not. I won't be mad about it. Right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we're we're really here to just cut through cut through the shit. There's there's no there's no other way to say it. There's there's just too much stuff that's that's pushed by these major brands by uh, the majority of the archery industry that just just isn't honest. And um, frankly, I think all three of us are done with it. Uh, so <laughs> I wanna I wanna take this part to go ahead and say a couple of things real quick that because I know I and you two know as well we're going to get feed, feedback on this saying that one we don't know what we're talking about too we don't have enough experience because we're three guys in our 20s that haven't been hunting for 50 years blah 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 whatever other right. crap people want to say <laughs> yep. but there's a couple of things that I all that I want to say right now that we are both on all three of us and four of us when we had the fourth guy or in agreement on that I want to be able to send a link back to episode one at whatever time this is right now and say, we already talked about this, so there's no reason to discuss it further. One, shot placement is assumed. Always. If you go on social media <laughs> and you see any type of debate on arrow setups or bow setups or whatever, whatever ends up happening in a discussion on shooting an animal there's an a voice that's just like booming from the side that says shot placement shot placement shot placement and to be to be frank my reply to that is well no shit uh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean if yep if we're if we're gonna talk about shot placement then why are we even talking about it yeah, I don't get uh, it. I, I I don't I don't yeah I don't I don't get it either. So it's like yes that I'm that's just, already we already established this when we started bow hunting it, that shot placement was it, important. Right, exactly. Yeah, I'm not I'm not aiming for the guts. Right. I'm not. Uh, um, I'm not gonna take <laughs> a marginal shot that I know will not kill the animal because it's big. Right. Yep. Agreed. Yes. Yes. Hundred percent. Yes. I can't agree with that enough. So. First, shot placement is assumed. So if you have an, if your response to everything that we're going to talk about is shot placement, then here's your answer. We are also aiming for shot placement. But the fact of the matter is I am not an archer like Tim Gillingham. I'm not an archer like Levi Morgan. I'm not an archer like, what's his name, Rio Wild. He's another big one, right? Yeah. We're not all John Dudleys. Right. I'm not that good. No. And I, I sure... I sure as hell know that all three of us aren't that yeah, good, or else right. we'd be 
we'd be making money shooting arrows. And we I guarantee you that, no offense to our listeners, but I guarantee you that a lot of you aren't that good either. And that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong yeah, with that. Absolutely. But own it. Yep. Absolutely. Don't, that's, yeah. don't try to hide from it. That's why we're here. So. Yeah. Yep. Basically. And secondly, w- within that point, uh, if, if anyone wants to give me some tips on how to control animals after an arrow is relieved, <laughs> released from the bow... I'm all ears. I I want to I want I want to know how you can do that because I can't. Uh well to an extent kind of. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit more with quieting down an arrow or quieting down a bow, but uh um I I can't control what happens to an animal after after I shoot an arrow and I don't I don't think anyone else can. Once again, I'm I'm kind of open to that, but uh uh that that just goes in with shot placement is assumed like of course it is, but we can't control what an animal does when the arrow's in flight and it hits somewhere you didn't expect it to. Um, another major point, and the second major point I've got, is light arrows can work fine. There's nothing wrong with being able to kill with a lighter arrow. I did it and for no one... 10 years. Yeah, that same. I am, I am yet to, I'm yet to kill an animal with an arrow over... 500 grains and that's not it's mostly from a lack of shot opportunity and not from shot opportunity from a lighter arrow to a heavier arrow i just haven't had a good shot opportunity the last couple years i've been hunting from among other things but um yeah uh blaine i think you're kind of in the same boat i think yep. you're uh, you the majority of animals you've shot have been with with lighter arrows too right yeah relative to what we're talking what we're going to get into and what we're shooting now yeah um and it, same thing with me lack of opportunity is the main really the only thing i haven't had the opportunity to fling an air a uh, 600 plus grain arrow at a critter yet because i live in northern minnesota where the population is pretty low shot opportunity right. is pretty low and that you know just not to get off track too much it kind of ties in with this i think dude this entire podcast is gonna be about getting <laughs> off track, it's so gonna it's be fine. rabbit trail like <laughs> yeah. central 100 that's okay absolutely uh, welcome so, to the party you know, boys yeah exactly <laughs> so i mean you know that's another good you know another i mean so with me bringing it around to myself uh having the such few opportunities you know opportunities so few and far between i don't want to screw up an opportunity at the one or you know one opportunity i have a year i don't yep. want to be shooting a setup that i don't 100 percent trust in and uh you know that thing better work it has to yeah because yep. i only get you know so many opportunities and all three of us you know we're not wealthy by any stretch nope i mean yeah we would love to go to africa <laughs> or wherever you know hunt out of state every year and we you know we do that and we plan on doing that in the future you know um more and more and but i mean we can't hunt you know seven different species a year well speak and, for yourself uh, but yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. but you yeah, know what i'm saying though, I mean, that rule shot opportunities in general with you know bow hunting do you know it takes a lot of work and effort to get a shot opportunity so why would yeah, you want to shoot absolutely. a subpar setup yeah yep you know so totally agree so yeah i think all three of us are in 
in the same boat that we all have had success with lighter arrows. Yep. Lighter arrows can work just fine, um, mm-hmm. especially with good shot placement. Once again, I'm I'm not a world class archer. I'm not right. horrible, but I'm not I'm not paying my mortgage with uh, uh, with my winnings from archery tournaments either. Yeah. Um. But but they can they can work. And you know what? If you are if you're 50 for 50 on killing critters with a arrow that's you know less than 400 grains, then I mean by all means it's working. Yeah. Like, I don't, also, I don't I'd say that if, if, that, if you, that was the, if that was a success I had had, I I would keep doing it. Yeah. But also, you uh, have a pretty good shot placement if that's the case. So exactly, you're already following exactly. rule number one. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Always. Yeah. A is for accuracy. That's right. That's that's always plan A. Plan B is an entirely different thing that we're going to get into. So, uh, yeah. Point being, wide arrows can work, and we've never said that they can't. Uh, and this is taken on social media and twisted and construed, and just frankly, people just aren't honest about what people in our area of archery are trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, because we've never said that. Uh, you you can you can kill you can kill an elephant with a twenty two if you're a good enough shot. Yep. And, you know, put put one through their eye into their dome and they'll die. Right. Uh, but uh, it's just not it's not it's not what we're about. And and to kind of get off on another tangent, Ian, uh, I have had you know success with lighter arrows, but about three well what was it now what year is it 2019 i think it would have been the fall of 15 yeah it was the fall after i got married we uh we got a deer on camera that was like 190 inches like he was huge an absolute giant giant deer and that was in like july or august when when we first got him on camera and by the first thought that went through my head was I'm going to get one shot at this guy. I can't mess it up. I absolutely I can't. Like, this is it. Like, this is a world-class deer. I started, like, I immediately, like, dove into the record books from Missouri, and I was like, oh, this is going to be, a like, a top 20 deer ever taken in Missouri with a bow if I can do it. So I'm not, like, I'm not going to be the guy that shot this deer with a setup that didn't end up working, and I can never recover it. Uh, yeah. So... Uh, that, that's what I was, that's what sent me off, off the deep end to be, to be honest. Uh, and I kind of, I drove a little faster than most people do off that end, but, uh, here we, now here I am host trying to host a podcast. So, uh, that's, uh, you know, that's where we're at. So, um, and that kind of leads into the next point we wanted to make, which is like why we're actually doing this. You know, we've kind of established what that what that goal is with our podcast to, to disrupt the status quo. But there's, there's a reason that we're doing this. And I think Blaine, you do a really good job of, of explaining this. So I'll, I'll just let you explain it. All right. I'll do my best. So why are we doing this? Well, for one thing, you know, I mean, all of us have seen, you know, every fall, it's like clockwork seasons start opening up and, uh, everybody and their brother, you know is out there and you see posts left and right of guys that oh I hit a deer in the shoulder you know I only got yep. four inches of penetration or less arrow bounced out you know blah 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 and uh off of white tails off of white tails like, right with not yeah, uh, not that's the not amazing part right 
Yeah, and you see it on hunting shows and just all across any social media outlet, any... It's just everywhere. Magazines, yep. everywhere you look. Yep. And so the why so why are we doing this we are doing this to promote a more lethal setup is really what it boils down to i guess um you know we don't want anybody to have you know be in a situation like that again you know where their equipment fails so that's kind of why we're here is to educate and uh, hopefully shed a little light on, you know, more lethal setups. Because, you know, it's, it's a misunderstood concept, this heavy arrow EFOC thing. And it's becoming more popular now, the past, I would say, five years or so. Yeah, I it's, think it's starting to catch on. It's coming a long way. And some people are still, a lot of people are still very highly opposed to it. And, you know, they think it's just a a phase that the archery industry is going through but uh, and it you know it may be well only uh, if the industry keeps pushing point. what they're pushing exactly right so i mean point being though we our goal is uh to be science-based you know i mean there's plenty more than sufficient science to back up what we're saying so um it's it's really hard to argue with science you know and along with that just personal experience from people we're going to have on things like that there's going to be some pretty knowledgeable guests that were you know are on the list here so um, yeah and I mean I think you know it's funny because I think all of us have probably or speaking for myself at least with my arrow setups I slowly progressed from pretty stinking light arrow like 400 grains and if i look I back was, on my history i, I was bu- i was below 400 grains. I, i've so sent I'm, i've sent quite a few 350 yeah. grain arrows with mechanicals through some whitetail oh, yep yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 70 pound yeah, bow so, folks I mean, 70 it, pound bow <laughs> it does work until it doesn't uh, yeah but um you know so if i look back on my history of bow hunting I can see where I've progressed in steps as things didn't work out as I planned, you know, or as I wanted it to. You, If you look back on the history of my arrow builds, you notice uh, a trend towards heavier, beefier setups. You know, I started shooting brass inserts on my full metal jackets instead of, you know, shooting the aluminum inserts. And, you know, I went from, you know, light arrow to heavier 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 and until we're at the point where we are now where i'm shooting a 640 grain arrow so um you gotta get that last 10 grains i know it drives me you gotta get it lighted knock buddy lighted knock simple solution (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) that's right done yeah i gotta i mean i'm sure we'll talk about uh our arrow setups for this 2019 season in the future but i got a pretty good oh yeah setup recipe built I haven't even started yet. No, so. Yeah, I've got like eight dream builds this (laughs) season, but we'll we'll see what ends up happening. I've got it down to like three, but. Yeah. Yeah, so why why we're here, though, is to educate and shed some light on 
these topics that are honestly they're kind of uncomfortable to talk about for some people it, it's kind of a it's a very touchy subject yeah and it just, is i find it i find well you know um and i'm gonna i'm gonna fanboy or fangirl fanboy for, <laughs> for just a second with uh um donnie vincent's movies yeah uh, perfect donnie example. does a what's that perfect example that i know what you're right talk like about, Don, so. donnie does a really good example it does a really good job of showing the suck of bow hunting sometimes yeah. just the suck in like, general yeah <laughs> and i i i've been lucky enough to recover every every animal that i've put an arrow through mm-hmm. but uh not to say i haven't air mailed one or two um, still got your beat. We had some, still got your beat. Had some pretty, pretty marshmallow shots. Yeah. Twenty eighteen. I uh, air mailed four. Oh man, that's rough. That's rough. Uh, I I only air mailed on, one, but I only got one shot. So. On elk. Um, air mailed four but, on elk. Oh, big targets. That's, big that's targets. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's people. People miss and people make bad shots. I've made a bad shot. I got shot. I got shot a doe once, and it. It tore me up. Yeah, oh yeah, it tore me up. Like I was literally in the stand, like crying because yeah. I knew that that doe was just like suffering, and she was going to suffer all night long until until uh, Coyote got a hold of her scent and then uh, ate her up, which is exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, found her, found her the next uh, afternoon, and she was just absolutely destroyed by coyotes, and and you know found her. It killed her. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least I think I don't think coyotes got to her before she was dead. Maybe, maybe so. But uh, it was uh, it sucks. And, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm tired of seeing people going through the same pain that uh, that I went through with that, and that that doe went through. And frankly, we all, as conservationists, owe the animal the ability to be as lethal as possible. Yeah. And that's that's why i was personally driven to do this mm-hmm. uh i i'm i'm just i'm done i'm done with seeing the archery industry lie to people and them result and the re- the result being lost game yeah uh, so it hurt it hurts the person it takes away their desire to hunt and it and it hurts the game uh, yeah. at the end of the day like, it doesn't not, do it's it, any of us any favors as hunters either because we've got plenty of opposition and then yeah, we have, that's another and then people that thing. are opposed can join any Facebook group that we're in because they're open and they see all these, yep. Oh, I lost this deer and it went to waste. It's like, Oh, well, that's not good guys. Mm-hmm. We need to do this AML. better. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. That's, that's what it comes down to is yes. It's, it's really hard to admit that you are wrong with something. Um, and I, I'm not saying we're, we're necessarily right either because like we said in the, in the beginning light arrows do work but if it's not working for you at what point do you say enough is enough this just is not working out and i need to change something i came i came off of a season of when i moved from ohio to oregon i didn't hunt for a year because i like the how the seasons work out here i didn't i couldn't hunt that year but mm-hmm. yeah, don't you have to have like six months of residency before you can buy like in-state tags? Yeah, I, I could have bought out of state, but I didn't want to, and I was poor. 
Right. No, I don't. I don't blame <laughs> but, you. I uh, wouldn't have. I I lived in Colorado for like and a hot minute, I'll, and I moved there in September, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna get to hunt elk this year. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I have to be here for six months before you can buy it in state. Yeah. I was like, ooh. All the archery seasons were over because I moved out in October anyway. But uh, I came off of a year of I shot four whitetail in Ohio that year, and you know recovered all of them. Shot a, I mean, shot a decent little buck, but. Uh, mm-hmm. once I moved to Oregon, I knew that I needed to shoot something heavier and I had to change completely because I had to go from shooting a fixed blade or from shooting mechanicals my whole hunting career to shooting a fixed blade because mechanicals weren't legal here yet. Oh, yeah. they are now. Are they legal now? They are now. They are for 2019. Uh, so that's a whole uh, new rabbit hole that we can go down later. Oh, <laughs> man, yeah, we're going to we're going to talk about that one. Oh, yeah. Don't worry. Um oh, yeah. but yeah, so I had to change my setup completely anyways and then I just started thinking, well, I need a heavier arrow too because these animals are big and they're tough and I am hunting public land, so I need to put it down quick. Like I'm not taking yep, the chance yep. of it running forever because there's a lot of public land here and you will lose it and it will get eaten by something else yeah yep i mean you can lose an animal especially if you're hunting the west side of oregon you could be 20 yards from it and never know it's there so exactly that's how it is here early season jungle out there yeah that's how it is here in in minnesota northern minnesota at least early season two it's just a jungle yeah not as thick as western oregon but pretty i mean it's thick though yeah yeah the pacific northwest is it's literally a jungle yeah like it's it's some of the wettest country in the world yeah i am jealous uh, garrett by the way black tails and <laughs> roosevelt elk are like top top rosies are cool and i have yeah. yet to hunt them really but yeah maybe this jealous. year where are they where are they at in oregon are they west on the side. northern part of oregon no west side Oh, oh, the yeah, whole you primarily west side, the eastern side. Yeah, yeah. I hunt the Rockies out east mostly, but well, ro- ro- I mean, don't Roosevelts get like they're two to three hundred pounds bigger than a Rocky Mountain? Oak? Oh yeah, yeah my, they get significantly bigger. Yeah, right? yeah, my buddy shot. Well, I shot like a four or five year old two years ago bull, four or five year old bull two years ago, and my buddy shot a Rosie that was the same age, but it weighed yeah two three hundred pounds more than mine did. Jeez, I'm like they're holy, just dense, just a giant mountain horse yeah yeah luckily we can luckily he shot it close to a road so we could just kind of slide it into the back of a pickup off a piece of plywood yeah didn't have to pack that one but uh rosie's antlers are a little bit smaller frame typically aren't they yeah they don't they don't grow as big yeah but Hmm. some of them i mean some of them are still right they get old they're still growing big but yeah yeah you're not going to see a 400-inch Rosie, though. No, I think you'd be surprised. Really? One, one was shot last year that was at our Pacific Northwest Sports Show or whatever. Yep. And it was like 396, and it was shot like Holy a half crap. hour from where I live. Nice. Wow. Man. Yeah. But I imagine, cool. I mean, that's the exception yeah. anywhere. Well, but, yeah. I mean, you don't I mean, find 400-inch bulls in Oregon a lot of the time anyway, so. Right. Yeah. You don't really find those anywhere that no. often <laughs> no <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> unless you're on like a guided ranch hunt in arizona even then it's like hard that. to get even then yeah. it's yeah it's ridiculously rare arizona new mexico man i just got a like a really good episode idea for like talking about potential antler, antler growth with with elk yeah and the science that might go behind i was that. just oh, i'm gonna have to put have to put that one away 
Yeah. Because I know we're going to have people are going to be enthralled by that one. That sounds <laughs> right. like a really fun topic. Right. Uh, I want to save anyway, that uh, one for the diehards. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Sidebar. I mean, this will make a, a separate podcast for the ultra nerds. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I think, I think we're all on the same page for why we, you know, why yeah. we're doing it. I, you know, I, I think we're, we're just tired of, tired of the crap, tired mm-hmm. of seeing people get hurt and seeing animals get hurt when it could yep. have been done better. Yeah. Um, so moving, way. yeah, there's a better way for sure. And we want to offer education and testing for better ways. And yep. we hope, uh, we hope that people, uh, want to engage with us and, uh, and, come on this journey and uh we'll all do this together yep. we'll be we'll be more lethal as a team exactly um and one th- one more thing i want to add to that yeah is send it. not just send it not just in arrows either i mean we're going to be doing a lot more than just arrow setups we're going to be doing optics reviews who knows what i mean absolutely it's going to be pretty endless really yeah and so. we'll uh We'll we'll definitely talk about that here in a minute. On like, yeah, if if you think all we're going to talk about is arrows, that's yeah. it's not a hundred percent true. No. We're going to talk about we, arrows a lot. We do a lot of that's other what ends things, up killing. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's what ends up killing the critter. But yeah, uh, yeah we want to. We definitely want to just create create more lethal hunting setups as yep. a whole. Whether and if that's that means clothing, yeah, whatever, backpacks, right. boots, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Trying to trying to approach those things from from a real world and scientific base uh and and why certain things might be better yep um obviously everyone's gonna have their opinion and we'll our goal is to be is to be unbiased which kind of leads into our next point that i will i'll let uh i'll let garrett talk about a little bit talking about sponsors (laughs) uh sponsors so or the lack thereof yeah the more that um, so when we inevitably get picked up by rage, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, I I, I might hope, need to beat that out. Now I, I think I I'm, that not, I'm not sure the ramifications of, of saying certain brands on here, that especially ones that too late. We probably aren't going to get along well with. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so sponsorships are things that I'm always wishy washy about. Um, I've been on a few field staffs, pro staffs as a you know, I've worked as an archery tech for eight years or so and yeah um my whole problem with it is just that you usually have to take their side of things mm-hmm. and i don't really i mean i switch stuff so much that i've never really been loyal to one brand like i'll shoot any bow that i can shoot well um there's those you know there's diehard people that will only shoot matthews they'll only shoot hoyt and they don't even like they'll just trash everything else you know guys that only shoot rage rage is the best thing in the world blah 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 blah. like well no not i mean there's other options that are comparable so for me comparably bad yeah yeah uh so for me and all of us um we're gonna try to keep it at a place where we can shoot what we shoot and you should probably know that if we have shot it, we've tried to break it and it's held up. So if we're shooting it, it's trustworthy. I mean, yeah, we're just three guys that don't know anything essentially because we're nobodies, but I break a lot of shit and I don't do it on purpose. It just happens. Right. Uh, So yeah, I don't want to be, if you think that, you know, we'll sell out or something, it might happen, but if we do, it's going to be for a company that we already stand behind and we have for a long time before they've mm-hmm. approached us. 
Um, right. Yeah. And and there there's going to be some caveats to that. So yeah. the the gist of it, just so everyone's uh, tracking with what we're saying, is we are not going to act. First off, we're not going to actively seek sponsorship within the archery industry. Yeah. Uh, now, if I don't know if Hotels.com wants to sponsor the podcast, then by all means, I will take Hotels.com money. Yeah. And, also, uh, I mean, do that. I guess another. Yeah, he said this when we weren't recording it, but so like. When we say sponsors, yeah, not directly archery related, unless it's something we support. But also, to run this thing, it there is a bit of overhead. But yes. we also aren't trying to do this for a profit. Um, any yeah, money, absolutely. any money that comes in through the through the podcast, like I don't know if like we're gonna try to do a lot of tests, and that that yep. stuff costs money. So any money that comes in through this, that's where it's gonna go. It's going to get yep, funneled. Yep, absolutely. It's going to get funneled right back into the podcast so we can put out good content and put out yep, good testing yep. and all that kind of stuff. Um, yep, that's right. So, yeah, the, the the gist, and I'm glad you said that because now I'm going to expand on that a little bit more, is we are not going to be seeking sponsorship within the archery industry. If someone within the archery or and or hunting industry does end up sponsoring this, there's a couple of caveats to that. One, you can assume that they uh, they brought the bacon uh, yep. to get to get us to be sponsored because uh, if if somebody's like, oh, you can be on our pro staff and get fifteen percent off on our broadheads, uh, it's not it's not going to happen. No, it's uh, just not it's uh, not I, worth I, it, especially because you yeah, can't, it's not worth it. You it, can't shoot anything else when you do that. Usually, like you sign contracts right. and you're tied in. Exactly, yep. exactly. So that's caveat number one: is you can assume that if we do take a sponsorship that is within the archery industry, which uh, you know uh, maybe we're being a bit presumptuous but if that does happen you can assume that they uh they made it worth our time yeah second is if that also happens then you can rest assured that they are going to be just as open to grilling as any other brand oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm more likely we, to talk shit about something if i think it is the best thing and then it breaks yeah. yeah. Oh, hundred percent. I will. Yeah. I mean, I will reach out to the company, give them the first, you know, be like, "Hey, this thing broke. Um, mm-hmm. What are you going to do about it? Or what can yep. yeah. what can we do? Like, how can I help you make this better? Because I yep. I thought this was the best thing, and I'd never have to buy another one, and it isn't. Clearly, it has a weak right. point, and I found it. Yeah, right. totally, totally agree. So I. I want to I want to be crystal clear with our listeners that uh, we will. It is our m- mission to not be sellouts. I don't I don't know how else how else to put that. Uh, it's it, it's just it's just not something that people need to worry about. And yeah, we will probably talk about like like when it comes down to like we're going to use arrows we're going to talk about arrows a lot arrows and broadheads yeah. it's going to happen people like be prepared and we're probably going to talk about the same four five six brands a lot yeah because they are stuff that we have already tested yep. uh it's stuff that we know works and it's stuff that we feel confident in and you know and hopefully that list will get bigger mm-hmm. uh and you know i i think it will just in the last like two or three years there's been like four or five broadhead manufacturers that popped up where i'm like oh wow yeah these guys are making some some good stuff yeah iron will uh, for one that, yeah yeah uh, i will uh arm rms valkyrie yep. uh bone i think is making a really good broadhead right mm-hmm. now uh but and uh and we're gonna we're gonna have the guys who make that 
on the show. Like that's our goal. But yep. point being, um, uh, we're not we're not going to be taking sponsorships unless unless it's worth it. And if if something does have an issue, we're going to talk about it. So don't don't think there will ever be any bias here. Uh, it it just it will not exist because if there's bias, then that kind of ruins our mission statement in, in well, trying to create education for people. I should say we should probably say that there will be bias, but we've already tested it, and that's why there's a bias. Exactly right. Like we all we all three run Kefaru packs. Not to say yep. that they are the only pack company, but they're the right. ones that we trust to do what we yep. do. Sure, but but I mean, is that is that bias though? Like I mean, like let, let's, or is that just uh, personal let's, preference in gear? Well, well yeah, I mean, I mean the let's, personal let's, preference let's, let's is be, a let's bias. Be honest for a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, let, 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 let's be honest. Kafaru makes the best pack. Like <laughs> it's it's hard to argue. Uh, th- th- yeah. th- and uh, agreed. And like, uh, for example, we're gonna get into some spore alerts here. Yeah. But like, I run a grizzly stick setup. I think that they are awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I don't foresee myself shooting anything else at game that i'm serious about in the foreseeable future maybe that'll change i don't know who sees well we will see uh but i don't just because i shoot grizzly stick doesn't mean that i don't fully endorse valkyrie yeah or i don't i don't fully endorse uh you know black eagle with aftermarket components or something like that like so yeah i i mean i don't know if you would define that as actual bias or not as like if if there's something that is oh there's my cat what's up dude <laughs> uh if there is if there is something that is just really really obvious that it's the best then i mean you know we'll we'll talk about it and and that's probably stuff that we are going to end up running yeah uh but especially like when it comes down to optics and stuff like i, I guess uh, uh like i'm a bit biased to uh towards a certain a certain brand that uh i won't mention around garrett uh <laughs> but that doesn't mean that i I won't. I won't be critical of them when I need to be critical. Of them. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's. Uh, I, I. Yeah. I, I guess that's that's kind of where I'm going. I know I've kind of talked in circles on that for a minute, but mm-hmm. uh, I just I want to stress to people that uh, if if they're worried about about us uh, not being honest with gear, then I I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Like we're yeah. gonna be as because, honest as because you can we've been paid. Be. We're not being honest. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know. Oh, and oh, well, we're not getting we're not getting paid. So. Right. Right. Yeah. At least as of as of right now, we're not getting paid. But I, I um and one last thing, and we can move on. So, uh, there will be uh the ability to donate to this podcast. Uh um, I think we're gonna initially have it set up through our host, who is tentatively uh, a company called Anchor. And if you donate, we're going to be, well, first off, our future goal is to become a 501c3, is to become an actual nonprofit to where we can, uh, where we're almost forced to be completely transparent with any money that we take in and how it's used. Uh, But before we even do that, my goal is to be completely transparent and our goal is to be completely transparent and show how the money is used. So if you donate to uh, to the podcast, whether that be through Anchor or if we set up like a Patreon or something like that, like you're, we're gonna co- we're gonna call out your donation. We're probably gonna end up thanking you on 
social media in some way, shape, or form. Right. And we're going to be like, yeah, like so and so just donated twenty bucks. Yes. Afford us afforded us the ability to buy a couple arrows to do a durability and or spine right. like tolerance testing or something like that. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So if you if you donate to the podcast, um, it's going to end up going to stuff that people want to see mm-hmm. uh, and that and stuff that we've we've kind of thought out. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of leads into, uh, man, we're, we're just hitting the transitions really well. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, <laughs> um, oh, oh, actually, no, it doesn't. Dang it, man. We're so close. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we, we've, we've, I just mentioned, uh, a couple of arrow setups like Grizzly Stick and Valkyrie and play, you know, people like that. It's, uh, um, arrows for the rich, um, uh, when, when really it's not like if you're, you can afford to go on elk hunt. You should also afford to be able to spend like two or three hundred dollars on a decent set of arrows. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's it's not going to be just for that. Uh, you know, we're we're here to hit all realms of that. And Blaine, I know you had you had kind of talked about that earlier. Yep. Right. Yeah. So you want me to talk about that now? Yeah. Yeah. I do. Okay. So yeah, arrows. As far as the budget-minded guy, you know, I mean, we're here talking about we. Just, I'm gonna just put this out there. We are, we do use, as Matt said, we do use currently use some products that, while well, we've been using for a couple seasons at least, so we trust in them, and you'll be hearing a lot of stuff about those companies. But, you know, Valkyrie, Grizzly Stick. Um, what setup you're running a Valkyrie setup, right, Garrett? Currently. Yeah, but I, I also had a setup last year that was, uh, what was it? I was running Black Eagle Renegades, which is like their, yep. their cheaper version. It's like mm-hmm. a five thousand straightness, but, uh, yep. yeah. So for that dozen arrows, I had. I don't remember how much into them. I had like a hundred and some bucks into a dozen arrows or something like that. Yeah. So my point being, you, we use pretty high-end setups, but that does not mean that we're not going to test smaller companies, you know, cheaper. Arrows for the, arrows for the common folk. Yeah. So. For the working man. We're going to be talking quite a bit about that too. Kind of DIY arrow setups, you know, how those how you can go about that and make a very good setup honestly just as good as a really high-end setup just takes might take a little bit more time a little more prep time you know it's just more of a pain in the butt but at the same time you know you, you can make a very very efficient setup for relatively cheap you know i mean yeah. uh t- we talked a little bit earlier before we started recording about the tough head system that's you know you can pick up their era foot footer system and glue on adapter and a hundred grain insert for like 50 bucks for the whole system plus broadheads and uh have like a extremely extremely tough setup you know Right. Um, like something that if you put it on a heavy enough arrow, you could go yep. kill an elephant with it. You could literally kill anything. Setup. Yeah, you could kill anything on the planet. Um, and you can do it, you know, add a 100 grain brass insert or 75 grain, 50 grain, whatever. Cut your own footer. We'll be, you know, there's a lot of very good cost efficient setups that you can build. So we're, we're definitely going to be talking about that quite, quite a bit too. 
um, and testing those. And you know, one thing I want to mention is in terms of testing stuff, we're going to be doing quite a bit of brutal testing. I think, as as far as myself, I'm going to be doing some pretty hardcore torture testing. We've all done it in the past, I think, too. Oh yes, um, that's the fun. That's the fun stuff. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, we'll test, and we have tested everything from grizzly stick system down to you know an eastern axis with brass insert whatever i mean there's the honestly yeah the options are almost endless yeah the options are they really are yeah it's it's super easy to get into a relatively cheap setup it really is it just takes a little bit of time a little bit of know-how and uh you can have a very yeah. efficient setup for not yeah. a lot of money. It's gonna it's gonna be fun. I'm yeah. I'm excited to uh to really to show I mean, like, even though all three of us kinda shoot quote unquote higher end arrow setups, yep. I think uh uh I think testing how like how cheaply you can make a bomb proof setup mm-hmm. is really fun. Yeah, and it uh, is too. And, I mean and I ha- I have had friends that have made quote unquote bomb proof setups for oh, yeah. like barely more money than you would spend on an otherwise completely inferior setup. Yes. And and I really I mean and that's once again to get, to get back to why we're doing this like mm-hmm. that's that's why I want to do it. Like this is why like this is the entire reason I want to have this podcast is because people just don't understand or don't know or maybe they just don't care that if you literally spend like 10 to 20 dollars more on your entire setup, you can have something that will literally last you years. Yes. Versus something where it's a one and done kind of use, mm-hmm. or you have the possibility of that arrow like just not working at all. Yeah. Uh, um, either breaking or the broadhead breaking or whatever. Like mm-hmm. you can build an, an an incredibly lethal setup for the same price, uh, yeah. or maybe just a little bit more than what you would spend on a typical setup. So. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um. So that's uh, uh, that you know that the testing is going to be there for sure. Yeah. Uh, so um, what what are we what should a listener be expecting from this podcast in the future? For starters, uh, like we just said and talked about, uh, there's going to be a lot of the stuff that we're going to do is going to be based in science and uh, specifically uh, archery tests that are based in science because I'm a software engineer by trade, but I like I have to have I have to have proof that stuff is going to work, and science is a way to show that something is better than another, uh, you know, through uh, through facts and through through testing. Uh, so like an initial test that uh, something that we're going to kick the podcast off with uh, here. I hope I can get this guy rolling in the next couple weeks, but I want to. One of the things I've personally been trying to take on is writing a, a like a college level paper for debunking the perfect arrow weight myth for whatever reason I don't I don't know why but there's this myth that runs around that uh, your perfect arrow weight for maximum kinetic energy which actually doesn't matter we'll talk about that more but uh, for maximum kinetic energy or maximum momentum is like somewhere in that 500 grain range uh, when frankly it's just not true so uh you can shoot yeah, as someone just an arrow picked an arbitrary want, number and you will it, that's basically what happened uh and and the the terrifying thing is i've had 
intelligent people, people that have owned archery shops for years, tell me this. I'm like, no, this isn't yeah. true. <laughs> like, yeah. Physics tells us, <laughs> math tells us this is not true. Uh, so uh, uh, one of the goals I'm going to kick this off with is to um, uh, write write a paper, have solid documentation that this isn't true, and I'm going to test this with like arrows from... 350 grains up to 1250 grains i'm going to try and do it on like 10 different bows uh and there's going to be some more tests that spin off of this originally but if you want to see kind of the format of something that i'm gonna be doing a really good uh test study that was done was by a guy named aaron cowan uh who works for a company called sage dynamics sage dynamics and aaron cowan spent like five years putting together a paper for uh, micro red dot sites on duty weapons for police officers. So Aaron basically went in and studied how the human brain works and how micro red dot sites like a, like a Trigicon RMR or a Leopold Delta Point Pro for to give reference to people mm-hmm. uh, to put a micro red dot site on a pistol and how it makes the person more accurate and uh, gets on target quicker and he wrote a beautiful white page paper about it that's like 40 or 50 pages. And if you want to look at that, that's kind of what I'm going to be doing with this arrow weight debunk uh, thing. So that's going to be something. Uh, but things like that uh, are going to happen throughout the podcast. And it's going to take the, take me time and take the other guys time to kind of put those together because we're going to do it right. And we're going to try and have it like peer reviewed and make sure that we don't have any gaps in our logic because the last thing we want to do is to publish something that isn't true or can be can be torn apart because that's not our goal uh so those kind of things are, are going to be coming um we're also going to jump into gear reviews uh and that's uh garrett is our <laughs> local uh i break stuff guy so uh i'll let him talk about yeah that. so being a western hunter now uh i have found that i really need to um, yeah, find stuff that doesn't break, and yet I still find stuff that breaks, even when it shouldn't, uh, whether it's me, just me, or the guys that I hunt with, you know, they all are, a lot of them are guides, and a lot of them have been doing it for a lot of years, so they've got a lot of experience on what will and will not work, and how far you can push something before it breaks, um, so that's a lot of what I'll be doing, is you know, taking stuff out hunting. I mean, I'm either hunting, scouting, or doing something outside with all of my stuff at some point throughout the year, whether it be 3D shoots or, yep. you know, anything like that. So that's where mm-hmm. I'll come in and I'll have a lot to say about it. Um, yeah. We'll just see where it goes, but. Yeah. So we're, I mean, we, I, I know I, uh, I'm lucky enough to know some guys in the optics industry uh, so I know some of our initial testing I'm wanting to do or that we're going to do together is testing uh, binoculars, spotting scopes, range finders, stuff like that, stuff that isn't necessarily like 100%, you know, shooting shooting a critter related. But yeah. things that, you know, those those are typically your big ticket items uh, within within your gear is optics. Right. Uh, and, and I think it goes a long way to say that um, – uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna take the time to make sure that we recommend good stuff, and we're gonna try and recommend different stuff at 
or you know the correct stuff at different price points we're not it's not going to be uh you know if you don't buy swarovski you're doing it wrong kind of thing uh you know if i understand everyone can't buy three thousand dollar binoculars i, I, I can't buy I none of us can buy three thousand dollars nope <laughs> nope unless uh swarovski if you're out there if you want to sponsor us then uh please do wouldn't be would, wouldn't be mad about it <laughs> we might go back on our word already. Us. I, 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 I yeah that promise might just go out the window but yep. uh um <laughs> that's awful to say but it's i'm I will neither confirm nor deny that I actually mean that. So, uh, but, uh, yep. but yeah, we, we want to have uh, uh, real uh, <clears throat> gear reviews that are going to be based in science uh, and, and real world use. Um, I know that, uh, you know, if we we come down to it, and I heard, I can't remember, I think it was a guy that Aaron had on his podcast uh, that said, you know, is, you know, you'll the difference between a thousand dollar binoculars and maybe like three thousand three thousand dollar binoculars might be being able to see if a ram has a full curl the last like five minutes of light and is that two thousand dollars worth it to you that two thousand dollar difference between the two of them i think is basically what he said yep uh so you know i'm i want to be i want to be real with that and you know say like yeah like the three thousand dollar optic did perform better than the thousand dollar optic but did it perform two thousand dollars better right. and you know and and give a give a real world opinion on that and just leave leave people you know to whatever they want to buy uh you know because i know especially those guys out west you know the hunting is their like uh, hunting big game is their entire life and they don't like they don't even flinch at spending that kind of money on yeah on high quality optics and you know what that's that's cool. I hope to get to that point, but I'm not there yet. Yeah, I was. Uh, but uh, go ahead. I was gonna say that uh, to, you know, where you hunt really has a big, di- you know, thing to, you know, it makes a big difference. And as far as optics go, alone it makes a huge difference if you're hunting out west versus a whitetail hunter back east here. I mean, yep. it's huge, huge difference. So. Yeah, I tell people all the time, I'm like, well, you know, especially when they're looking or talking about binoculars, and I'm. Like, well, what are you, what are you going to use it for? Oh, yeah. I'm hunting deer in Missouri. Well, I mean, you probably don't need thousand dollar binoculars to do that. No. Yeah, I, when I hunted in Ohio, up, so yeah, oh, sorry, uh, when I hunted in Ohio, I didn't own binoculars, so. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I I didn't hunt with binoculars until like three or four years ago. Same and here. Now. Now when I leave the house without binoculars when I'm going hunting, I'm like, oh God, I feel naked. <laughs> yeah. But like I, there was, I did, I didn't hunt with binoculars for like 15 years. Mm-hmm. So it can, it can certainly be done. But I think once, um, once you have them ahead. though, it's hard to not because yeah, they're pretty invaluable. I, I agree. Yes. Oh yeah. Especially when you get out West. Yep. Like, I mean, they are, it's basically it's a nece- currency out It's there. a necessity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we're not only <laughs> congratulations everyone you don't have to just listen to our voice for the for yeah uh the the entirety of this <laughs> podcast um it's not going to be just gear reviews and um uh you know talking about creating more lethal setups we fully plan on having lots of uh interesting and uh fun guests on and actually we've got probably close to 10 people booked uh we, we've got we've got a lot of people booked already uh but like in my mind notable guests that said they you know they they support the cause and they want to come on 
Um, so we're going to have guests from all over the archery industry or the hunting world, really. Uh, I know, Blaine, you've kind of been instrumental in, in helping get some of these, these guys on board. Do you want to talk about, like, the kind of people we're going to have on? Yeah, so let me look here. Yeah, so we're going to be having guests from different realms of the archery world. We're going to have manufacturers, guides, PHs, authors, um, politicians, conserva- ah, conservation experts, trackers, and just normal everyday hunters as well so um yeah it should be fun um so i don't know if we should give examples of who we're having on but uh yeah probably, probably stay I, away I from that yeah i know you you, <laughs> you kind of are you kind of already leaked it yeah one. i kind of did leak uh, a couple one but why we can't have okay. nice things think, uh, uh not those guests weren't yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we can't can't trust Blaine with anything. Uh, leaked our logo already. Yeah, which right. I guess if you're if you're if you're listening to this, I guess it's not a. We probably already have our logo out, but yeah. uh, Blaine, Blaine, Blaine. We're gonna I know it. I just this. I just can't help it, man. <laughs> you can't help it. Too excited. Uh, yeah, but no. um, we're uh, yeah. The plan is to have on people from from the entire like hunting industry and, yeah. in every way that you can touch on it. And I know, uh, uh, to give you some context of when in time we are for this podcast this morning, Steve, right now I released a, uh, a statement talking about Meat Eater Inc. and uh, um, just some stuff that was going on with that and how they've, quote-unquote, been acquired by uh, you know a team of uh, anti-gun people. And uh, and he, he talked about how he's had politicians on the show, but it's not all the time, but he's had guys on that weren't that didn't have an R next to their name, which is typically what most outdoors people end up falling into that realm is they end up being a Republican, uh, which it's certainly not all, not always the case. And I'm pretty sure in this podcast, that's also not the case. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but, uh, you know, I, if I, I will never pretend to understand the intricacies of Western hunting, but I know, uh, at least I hope a lot of our listener base is going to be based in Western hunting and, I don't fully understand how a lot of that works out there uh, with with how like the conservation departments are set up or the politics that are going on with public land. Uh, so I want to like if if hot topics come up, it, I will be fully seeking to have politicians or uh, conservation experts on the podcast to talk about why certain things are happening and to get their take on it and to, to kind of uh, reveal my podcast nerdery a little bit. Uh, Joe Rogan has on some uh, guys. Well, I'm going to get more more than podcast nerdy. Joe Rogan has on guys uh, that talk about Gobekli Tepe, which to be to be to give you like a really, really short summary of it is just like an ancient civilization. But he has on these guys that debate about it uh, a couple of times, and it's fascinating. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, surprise people with the debate, but if we can have people from both sides of a certain political issue that has to do with hunting or a certain, uh, you know, issue that has to do with conservation on from both sides of the podcast, mm-hmm. I fully want to do that. Yeah. I want to give people an outlet to be able to talk about, <clears throat> talk about what's, what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So we're going to have lots of guests, so don't worry. You don't have to listen to me talk all the time, uh, <laughs> even though it's basically what's been happening this podcast, but, uh. <laughs> 
uh, we will we will have we will have other people. So oh, yeah, there's uh, and and we've 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 got some some really really good guys already booked. I was just uh, gonna say. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm be. really pumped with some of these some of these people that are coming on. I'm like super super pumped. So, um, every week, uh, I want to adjust some or address some listener questions. Uh, so if anyone. It, whatever question you want to ask the podcast, like feel free to always reach out to us. Like that's completely fine. But if you if you have a question over something that we either said the prior podcast or you know or a, maybe a podcast a couple before that or just an archery question in general that you think that we might be able to help you with, like by all means, please reach out. We want to have time every podcast to address some listener questions, and we uh, I mean I, I won't say that we're going to get to every single question. Maybe we once again being presumptuous we might get like one question a week and if that happens then we'll probably get to it but uh um we may you know it's difficult to uh um understand how deep you want us to go on a question so we may go way deeper than you want us to uh you might say hey i'm hunting elk will this broadhead work and then we're going to talk about like a broadhead for too bad uh, down the rabbit trail (laughs) And you may you may have just been looking for a yes or no, and we're going to talk about why 440C <laughs> stainless steel is a great uh, great material for it, or why a certain design is not, or you know whatever. So, or we may not get deep enough for you. I don't know. I kind of doubt that because I I like diving in deep on stuff, uh, especially on the technical side. But we definitely want to have uh, um, the uh, we want to be reachable. We want to converse with our audience and we want to uh have the ability to uh, uh to try and answer your questions if you have it yep so um with all that being said uh once again we are i'm from missouri blaine is minnesota yeah garrett's oregon so between the three of us we basically what we did the math the other night we have like either nine out of the 12 months or 10 out of the 12 months covered for hunting yeah it's pretty like one of us will be able to hunt something for for the majority of the year so we uh we the well i'm trying to think of how to explain this uh come along with us i guess i guess is all i can say like it's gonna it's gonna be a fun year we're gonna have lots of uh, uh lots of cool things planned out uh i'm gonna be trying to hunt some different species this year that i haven't got to hunt either uh but before i kind of kick off with what planned hunts i have i'll i'll let you guys kind of talk about uh what you guys have planned for the year all right garrett you can go first since <laughs> you live in the state where you can shoot like 10 uh, okay so <laughs> you go first uh starting off i guess season well technically there's a couple things i can hunt right now but uh we're not going to talk about it we're going to keep it low secretive yeah um (laughs) so but i mean season starts with bear season in april may and then after that a couple months lull for 3d and stuff and then i go into well if i draw an uh, archery antelope tag again this year then i'll have archery antelope in august and then it goes right into elk season after that and then I'm, I mean, I can hunt birds and stuff after that, but after that I'm kind of done. I don't hunt bears a lot, not as much as I should, but I might pick up on that too. So we'll see. Shame on, <laughs> shame on you. Shame on yeah, you yeah, for yeah. not hunting bears. They deserve, they deserve to be love. shot is what they deserve. 
<laughs> yeah, they, that too. Uh, as far as my season goes, yeah, our season, spring turkey starts like the second weekend of April. <laughs> through, oh, say it again. Yeah, and runs through, or it might even be the first weekend of April, I can't remember, but it runs through the end of May, last day of May, and so I'll be chasing T-Rex, Thunder Chickens, all spring. Dude, they are tiny mm-hmm. little dinosaurs. They are. That's just what I always think of them. Uh, Matt, one question for you. Or, well, uh-huh. uh, Missouri. It's not a question, I guess. Missouri, I looked at their uh, tag costs for a freaking turkey in Missouri. Yeah, Holy. it's like $220 225 out dude. of state. That's, yeah. that's, it's, it's high. Yeah. If you want to come down, you're more than welcome to. I uh, think I might. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, we'll, we'll I, I mean, I understand, I understand, like, that's that's a lot to shoot a bird that you're going to get, like, eight pounds of meat yeah, off of. Yeah, exactly. You kind of got to uh, do it for the for the love of the of the game, I yeah. guess. Yeah, and if you, aren't, if you aren't a turkey freak like me, then I, I, won't, I won't shame you for not spending $225 on an out-of-state tag. Yeah. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll, I... Go ahead. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. But uh, then... Summer, obviously, that's always kind of a lull. May or may not go on a hog hunt. We discussed that previously. Yeah, it's kind of a still up in the air on that. We, yeah, we may we may shoot a hog. We'll yeah, see. Uh, that that's kind of up in the air. Dive into August. I'm considering. Uh, well, I'm definitely gonna put in if I draw a antelope tag like Garrett uh, in South Dakota, though. Um, put in for that uh probably do that mid-august end of august somewhere in that time frame and then mule deer out there as well and then that opens september 1st and then i typically do that every year and then we dive into whitetail season um second weekend of september that runs through december 31st so that's pretty sweet chase some big uh swamp bucks up here in northern minnesota around yeah you got big body deer up there yeah yeah we do definitely compared to even just you know iowa well iowa bucks get freaking huge too but yeah i mean and less supply of corn you can eat than yeah exactly get beefed up yeah um we get deer you know pushing that 300 pound mark quite quite often that's a that's a large animal yeah 300 so, pound deer yeah it's especially for whitetail yeah they get pretty beefy so and then yeah that's yeah. you know small game season i i grouse hunt quite a bit pull out the old uh over under for never, that so i've never done it never done grouse hunting dude it's a blast i, I mean it, it looks like fun yeah i just i don't know if i can get into another another type of hunting addiction that's why i've <clears throat> purposely avoided waterfowl and yeah same, duck and, same and all that because I know the second I do it, I'm going to be like, I need a new truck I to know. pull my new trailer for all my new decoys. Yeah, and and that's that's what's going to happen. So yeah. I'm I I purposely avoid uh, going on those hunts when friends ask me. They're like, oh, you want to go want to go goose hunting? Yeah. Nope, no, I don't. Right, um, I do not. And there will uh, be a sprinkling <clears throat> of predator hunting in there as well. I I try and do that when I can. Yeah. it's just kind of yeah. I know you. Yeah, you like to do uh, coyote hunting stuff like that, right? Yep. Yep, and I wish we had a wolf season here still. We're pretty overrun with wolves, but uh, 
Oh, the, man. The, I can't wait to. I can't wait for that podcast. <laughs> well, we talk about wolves. Honestly, we get hate from everybody. Oh gosh. Sure. Good lord. I mean, we've had seasons open multiple times, and my brother-in-law actually drew drew a tag a few years ago. Uh, he wasn't successful, but you know, it's it's a touchy, touchy, touchy subject. Uh, yeah. Not for us as hunters, I don't think so much. But uh, the thing with that was though the politicians down in the Twin Cities shut that down yep. multiple times. Yep, and that's and, that's uh, the kind of thing I want to, I you know, to kind of kind of circle back to our guest thing. Like yeah. If if for hot button stuff like that or like a uh, um one that maybe I'll try and hit up sooner than later is yeah. having people on from uh did New Jersey shut down bear hunting, I think. I believe it was yeah. I believe yeah. so. Yeah. So, uh if they uh like if we can get some a couple of guys on to talk about that, like to try and give reasoning for both sides, I'd I'd mm-hmm. love to have them. But uh yeah. Anyway, but for uh for my hunting, um it's going to be uh spring turkey. It's gonna be big for me. I mean try and hit up a couple states at least. Uh really, really want to marry him to uh add that onto my slam, so uh I I am like like I've said, I'm a turkey nut. I love turkey hunting. I think it's just so much, so much fun. Uh, then that will lead into summer, where we might do a hog hunt. Still up in the air on that. Uh, then September, I fully plan on going to Colorado for a week or two to uh, hunt elk. It's going to be uh, my first trip hunting anything out west, uh, and obviously first trip hunting elk. Really, really excited for that. Like I'm, like I'm. I, that's basically like what I've been prepping for for the better part of six months already, and I still have another eight months until I actually leave on it. So yeah. you're gonna hear me talk about that a lot. Uh, and then uh, after that, whitetail, pretty you know quintessential uh, Midwestern whitetail hunter. I'm uh, lucky enough to have a pretty decent sized family farm to uh, be able to do that. So. Uh, but point being, between all three of us, uh, I think we've got <laughs> darn near the whole whole year covered uh, where we're either going to be hunting something or shooting competition. Uh, I'm not much of a competition guy, but Blaine and Garrett both uh, shoot 3D and indoor stuff. So yep. uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and dabble, it, dabble in it this year, uh, mm-hmm. but we'll we'll see what that looks like. I, I'm, uh, I don't know, just never done it. Uh, I would, I think I would like to do it at a competitive level, but... Uh, outside of just going to the range and having dollar bets on shots, I have never, never really done anything like that. So right. it's gonna be gonna be a good year. We got lots of good hunts planned. Go ahead, Blaine. Uh, one thing before we get into the next little topic here to close, uh, kind of going off of the hunting thing. Uh, do we want to talk about real quick just our current? Mm. Maybe not this setups? episode. Really quick, just because some people might be interested in that, or should that be a different? different man yeah. we can go i think episode yeah. episode two i think is going to be a good one to hop into that on because right. that might take a while yeah. for us to talk about it <laughs> we'll go down some pretty long long rabbit trails with that one so yes yes i'm, I'm sure we will and we'll to be <laughs> frank with you we'll probably hang up on this podcast and record the next yep. one for, for for what what we're what we're doing for our setup exactly so, um yeah, but we will we'll certainly talk about it for sure. Yep. Uh, so if you're curious what we're using, hang tight. It will it will likely be in the next episode. Yeah, um, and I think yeah, we're so all pretty hardcore ahead. gear nerds. Um, yeah, like oh for sure. Yeah, like we all live for, sure. for 
that crap. So there will be a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Just absolutely BSing about our gear. So. Yep. So um, we, like I previously mentioned, we want to be available and reachable on social media. Uh, we don't, you know, we, we don't plan on being uh, a LaCruce. Lacruz? No, we won't. That is not right. We're going to edit that in post-production. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, you're right. I'm going to leave it in. A lot of I'm podcasts leave it in. in, so we're leaving um, it in. Man, Reckless. What, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Lacruz? And someone, like, just, you know, kind of recluse. My goodness. <laughs> Good Lord, man. Man, I don't know why low was in my head, but yeah, recluse. We're not going to be a recluse and, uh, and not... Uh, not talk with, with people. We want to have uh, we want to have that engagement, you know, like I was talking about earlier. Uh, but with that comes uh, the ability for us to uh, be trolled. And uh, to be frank with you, we're kind of in this n- uh, niche community of uh, guys where we're already, you know, kind of ridiculed, mocked, or whatever, and, and that's fine. Like people can continue to do that, but they won't do it in our community. Uh, so if, if you want to visit our social media, which we're going to have links for everything in the show notes for this, if you want to visit that and have a discussion, uh, uh, we, that's what we encourage, uh, and we'll tolerate, uh, discussion and dissenting opinions. That's completely fine. Not everyone's going to agree. Uh, and that's the beautiful thing about America is you can, you can disagree and it's completely okay. Uh, but what we will not tolerate is trolls. And if you uh, come in there and you're just blowing blowing stuff up with, uh, one, either false stuff, or two, it's a really, really obvious troll, uh, we're just going to block you. It's as simple as that. Um, and not to say that you'll never have the ability to come back in, uh, because, you know, I want to want to give people the uh, a second chance, but... Uh, if you're if you're being a troll, all you're doing is getting in the way of people that are there to learn and people that want to engage in a discussion in a civil manner. So uh, you know, I I'm all I'm all for having fun on the internet. I have no issue with that. Uh, but I will uh, I will personally boot you. Personally, that's coming from Matt. So you can get mad at me if you get blocked because uh, it's <laughs> it's it's just it's just not going to happen. Sorry, guys. So yeah, um, that. that's our, our our very brief social media policy. Yeah. So um, I think that goes yeah, for that's, all of uh, us. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So yeah, we're uh, man, we've been rolling on this intro podcast for a minute. Uh, yeah, is there uh, is there anything else you want to? I don't uh, think so. You guys want to touch on? Not really. No. That's, that's about it. Okay. So uh, we're going to be, uh, by the time this is launched, we're going to be reachable on our website. We should have our website up and running. Uh, website is lethalpodcast.com. Somehow that uh, that URL was not taken, so we bought it. <laughs> and uh, uh, so that's, uh, uh, that's going to be our URL website, lethalpodcast.com. And in the show notes, we're going to be posting links to all of our uh, social media stuff. Uh, we're going to have an Instagram for sure. Uh, we're trying to change the name on that one we'll see what ends up happening with it we're trying to negotiate with another lethal podcast that exists already but we're gonna have an instagram we're gonna have twitter because apparently people use twitter and i i don't so i'm kind of ignorant to it we're gonna have a facebook page 
Um, we're going to be trying to be young, cool, and hip and have a Snapchat, but none of us actually have a Snapchat, so we don't know how it works. <laughs> we're we're going to figure that out. Uh, but frankly, I don't, uh, don't know what we're going to end up posting on it. So, uh, if you are fluent in Snapchat, please reach out because we, we don't know, we don't know what we're doing in that space. So, um, yeah, uh, are we going to have any, oh, we're going to try and launch a YouTube channel eventually. Yeah. Uh, especially, especially for gear, gear review stuff. Definitely. We want to have a YouTube channel available. Uh, but I don't, I don't know if that's going to be like a right off the bat kind of thing. Uh, but we're going to, we're going to be reachable on social media point being. And, uh, if you want to, if you want to come in contact with us, we will be available. Mm-mm. And, uh, yeah, so that's, mm-hmm. that's about it. Anything else, boys? No, that's about it. Cool. All right. Well, if you have managed to stay through this hour and 20 minute uh, intro episode, uh, then thank you. Once again, thanks for thanks for checking out the podcast. I hope you guys are uh, as excited as we are. Like I said, it's been a long time coming and we're uh, we're excited to uh, do this together. So once again, thank you and uh, stay lethal.